Hello and welcome to the University Guide podcast. I'm David Hawkins. My topic today is delving into a particular subject area and looking how assumptions that students might make about how that subject is taught could potentially cause them some difficulties. Those of my listeners who've heard me give talks in schools will know that quite often I use an analogy to try and explain how a system in one country can be completely different in another country. The analogy I use is the game of football. Sitting here in the UK, if I talk to an audience of students and ask them to describe football, they will think of a game with a round ball and 11 v 11. But the word football in the United States or in rural Ireland or in Australia can mean a very different thing. So I think it goes for university and indeed for certain subjects which can be taught and structured in very, very different ways. Now, one such area where I think students that I work with over here in Europe sometimes misunderstand how that subject would be taught in the United States is the field of engineering. And so this podcast episode is devoted to exploring that topic in more detail. So one of the most fascinating things when I'm advising students is to look at how there are huge differences between how one subject might be taught in in a particular country and how it can be taught completely different in another country. So what we're looking into in this podcast episode is the topic of engineering in the United States. And it's my great pleasure to welcome my dear friend Marivi Walker from Florida Tech to my podcast. Marivi, thank you so much for giving up your time. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. It's always lovely talking to you, and I'm very excited to talk about this subject. So thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, we should have some fun. So, so let's start off giving the opportunity to, to talk a bit about Florida Tech. It's got a fascinating history, which uh, I know <laughs> you and your colleagues are very proud of. So, so let's talk a little bit about your role at Florida Tech and also Florida Tech. Okay. I, I would love to do that because I do think it's a very interesting story. Um, First of all, Florida Tech is located in Melbourne, and most people, of course, always assume that we're in Australia, but we're not. We're in beautiful, sunny Florida, um, central Florida, and we're on Florida's space coast. Um, We're a very young university. 1958, if you kind of step back in time, is when NASA was founded. Um, The Russians had Sputnik, and the United States was falling behind in the space race. So... The Brevard Engineering College was founded by three astronauts from the Kennedy Space Center. It was a one tiny little um, uh, classroom in a high school, and it was purely master's and PhD programs and trying to figure out how to get to the moon. And that was how Florida Tech was founded. It was literally founded by three astronauts in a tiny little room, and it began um, as just more of applied education, I think is the best way to say. They, they really had no idea. They were working on a whiteboard. They thought, oh, this might work, and then they'd go outside and, you know, test it. Of course, I'm simplifying things and say, oops, that did not work. Let's go back to the drawing board. And um, eventually, you know, that's what happened. You know, it, it changed its names after many years, became the Florida Institute of Technology, and now we're kind of known as Florida Tech. But um, that's that, that's the nutshell, in a nutshell, um, the, how, how Florida Tech started. So, yes, very young, very affiliated with NASA, and right in the heart of, of, of space and, and, and modern-day space because a lot's happening right now in, in that field for sure. Absolutely. Well, from so, the yeah. stuff that we see on the news over here in the UK, it still seems like people are sort of sending things halfway up into space and blowing them up and going, oh, oops, right, let's have another go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's very exciting times here, though, David, because I'm, I'm sure everybody's aware of SpaceX and Elon Musk and what he's doing, and, and these rockets are taking off in our backyard, and students at Florida Tech are doing internships at SpaceX and, and, and participating in all these really cool projects. And for those of you who want to go live on Mars, well, I, I, good for you. I'm not interested, mm-hmm. but um, we're on our way, and um, and it's it's just incredible that this university is right in the middle of all this. So. So yes, so far so good. We we have not we've had some challenges, I guess, but things are things are looking really well for for the future in in space. So yeah, that's it. You know, that's us. Brilliant. Thank you for for the explanation. And I think uh, you know, as you say, exciting times. But I think also what you've touched in there is is really the meat of, of, of what I'd like to to talk about. In that, mm-hmm. a lot of students who are thinking about going into those STEM fields, particularly engineering mm-hmm. and aerospace and things, mm-hmm. might be mm-hmm. looking at countries like the UK, Ireland, Switzerland, in Asia, where yeah. you go and do a focus degree in, say, aerospace engineering, mechanical engineering, and you go straight mm-hmm. into university, and yeah. that's what you do. Now, yeah. a lot of institutions in the US, you must be majoring in engineering, but within the College of mm-hmm. Arts and Sciences, and you, it's... You're going to have core requirements, distribution requirements, yeah. you might be doing Shakespeare and things, you've got big engineering yeah. schools as part of other universities, but again, you might have those kind of things. The yeah. Institutes of Technology, and people may have heard of places like Caltech and MIT, but, mm-hmm. but not be aware that there are many other Institutes of Technology mm-hmm. like Florida Tech. Mm-hmm. Where do they sit in this sort of marketplace of options for the kids who really want to go into STEM? And, and exactly. why do kids choose to go to Institute of Technology as opposed to maybe yeah. some of these other types of US institutions? Exactly. I mean, you have really hit on it there, Dave, David, because, um, you know, in the United States, a bachelor's degree is four years. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, the first two years are just core requirements, like you said. So you might have to take sociology, philosophy, three semesters of language, English, history, art, wonderful subjects, nothing wrong with that. But for the student who really, really knows that they have a passion, you know, maybe they've done robotics in high school and they have a passion for electrical and mechanical, they want to really start doing things from day one and, you know, potentially never want to see another history class in life, which is really kind of sad, but that's okay. You know, there's a place for everybody. That is what an institute of technology is. It it allows um, a student to start in their major day one. So students are admitted directly into their major. Other universities, um, you would have to apply in theory or meet all the prerequisites before you can even start in your major, potentially your junior year. So you are comparing a true four-year engineering program at an institute of technology versus, in theory, a two-year engineering program by the time you really start at other universities. At Florida Tech, for example, if a student applies for computer science, cybersecurity, whatever it is, we look at the student for for, um, potential for success based on their math and science grades in high school or courses because they will start with calculus, physics, chemistry, introduction to aerospace engineering. That's first semester. And from then on, it just dives even further into their major. That is a huge difference from other universities. Also, if students want to have practical, hands-on experience, if they want to start coding, if they want to start building things, um, creating things, that is what you can do, again, at an Institute of Technology, because 
second semester freshman year, guess what? You're going to be in the lab with a professor or you're going to be in a group on a project. You're going to spend three and a half years working with professors in laboratories, um, internships, project-based learning. So every single thing that you're doing in the classroom, you're actually doing it outside. Again, I can speak from experience. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to have two adult children. One has already graduated high school, uh, excuse me, college. Fantastic university. However, biochemistry major. And I can tell you that he did not even have the ability to enter a lab and to do research until his senior year. And even his research was barely research. Because normally at other universities, all that is kept for either seniors or master's PhD students. Florida Tech is completely different. Students start immediately, immediately. So by the time you graduate and when you're looking to apply um, to different jobs or companies come and recruit, they know that the students from Florida Tech or other institutes of technology are ready to work the next day. They don't need training because they've been training all these years with that practical applied learning and applied education. And... Um, you know, that's that's just a huge difference. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think I was thinking the same. I was going to ask you of, of your own experiences, knowing you had had children who were who were in and have been yeah. through this process. And, and as an aside, actually, you've taught me a lot about um, college football rivalries in that part of the world because <laughs> I, one, one of your yeah. children was 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 um, attending a college with a very strong um, American football program, and, and so I've enjoyed yes. enjoyed following along with that. I that. see. Yes. Yes, he has. But it, yeah. but you know, he was quite disappointed. You know, children never listen to their their parents. That's fine. It does not matter. But um, you know, I was right. I I told him. I said, you will not. You will not be able to. And and he was not. And he was an excellent student. Not that he didn't try. But really, that that type of high level research is 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 left for 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 master students or, or seniors. I will tell you, three years ago, um, we had three international students. Coincidentally, two Italians and a Russian, and then an American student, four students. I cannot exactly explain to you what their their experiment was because I'm not an engineer, but these were sophomores, in other words, second-year students, with an experiment on the International Space Station. Wow. So these were 19-year-old kids. I mean kids. I shouldn't call them kids. Mm-hmm. Young adults. That just doesn't happen, David. It does not happen unless you're at a school like Florida Tech or like another Institute of Technology because you have access from day one to graduate level professors. All they're doing is research because that's really what a professor comes to do to university, do research, publications, blah, blah. And they are looking for what I call young blood, crazy ideas. So it's these students who have a passion for math, science, technology, engineering, building, whatever. They come in and they're put to work immediately. Of course you go to class. But at the same time, you're really getting your hands dirty from day one. Great. And if I'd like to just take that sort of a step further and kind of you've articulated very strongly about the sort of the undergraduate experience, the Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. To me, also looking at it and, and understanding kind of how postgraduate applications and the whole research element works. My, mm-hmm. my guess, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that also if you were in a big university, that university is having to bid for research money from, from companies and, and particularly from the mm-hmm. government and Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. And you've got, mm-hmm. you know, so many different departments all bidding and people want different slices of the pie and all this kind of money. My, my guess yeah. is in Institute of Technology, the money that you are getting to do research from government and from private 
is incredibly focused because the university's mission is incredibly focused and therefore that's going to have a knock-on effect on the quality exactly. professors those professors what they can do their travel stipends the research exactly. opportunities good I'm, exactly. glad, I'm glad i was on the right lines there yes absolutely exactly and it also allows us to have um, professors who teach across undergraduate and graduates because we do not need to rely on graduate assistants, you know, student, master's students or whatnot to, be, to teach our undergraduate students. The same professors that tend to teach at the master's level or have PhD candidates were able to utilize them at the undergraduate level. So that's how these students are matched up so early on with different research projects because it's really graduate-level professors that do research. But at Florida Tech, it's the same professor across the board. You Fantastic. see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, and I, it's, I get it's entirely... incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, incredible. Um, I think we we kind of glossed over a little bit, and I do. I'm well aware that the, the, a lot of the audience of the podcast are people who may be coming to to sort of concepts of different education systems slightly differently. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you, we talked about sort of the yeah, the difference between coming straight into a program um, like an Institute of Technology and potentially sort mm -hmm. of prerequisites and qualifying mm -hmm. into a major um it, it may be worth just clarifying that a little bit so um potentially maybe if you use sort of your own knowledge of other institutions and potentially even your children's experience a student yeah. who needs to who wants to get into say an aerospace engineering major but at mm -hmm. a college which isn't as focused as florida tech what, what does that prerequisite mean that they're going to have to do before they can even access an engineering class yeah, so, so really their first semester um, will definitely potentially be a foreign language, um, some kind of an English communication class, some kind of a social study, and then they'll probably have a math class and some kind of a science class. Um, second semester, they're going to do their second social study elective. They're going to do their second semester of a foreign language. You see, they're going to do their second semester of that English communications class. And then maybe then they'll take a Calc 2 class, potentially a Physics 2 class. We're done with our first year. Yeah. So what have we done, really? We've taken a Calculus class and a Physics class. And those Calc and Physics classes will be designed for kids, whether they want to do aerospace engineering anything. or maths exactly. or chemistry or, or whatever. potentially exactly. major in history, mm -hmm. but they still also have to take a maths e class. Exactly, yeah. Second year, again, you're just finishing up whatever the core requirements are for that potential um, college. So, for example, I know a student who's at another very large state university. They're in something called, you know, it's called the College of Architecture and Human Sciences for, say, architectural programs. Those students are still taking chemistry. They're still taking sociology. They're still taking history. They're taking classes outside of that architectural or interior design program. So it's not until junior year where they're really getting into the CAD design, um, into the program, into all these different kind of software programs that you need to start, you know, in, in that particular major. So it's, it's, it's just that you do not get into the nitty-gritty ever of your undergraduate degree in aerospace engineering unless you go into a master's. Because by the time you start your aerospace engineering, your junior and senior year, you're just barely touching the surface of what aerospace engineering is, whereas our kids, 
they're doing it in, in the, at the end of the first year. I mean, they're getting introduction to aerospace engineering. In second semester, they're doing aerodynamics and thermodynamics and all these things that I don't even understand. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other schools, you're you're starting that your junior or senior year. Yeah, and and that, yeah, thank you. That was really helpful, Marie, just to explain it. And I'll probably just just drop in here as well the fact that um, because of this this difference of how it works, particularly in engineering, there's also a suite of programs called three plus two programs. Um, I, yeah. for, for listeners, I'll put this. I have a good blog article on this, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, but just very briefly, yeah. three plus two is actually you go and do your your core, your sort of general ed, sort of small level arts college, and then for the last two Correct. years you would then transfer and do the sort of focused engineering bit somewhere else Correct. and get it and get a five year degree. So um, so many different ways kids can pursue the STEM stuff, and I think it's, there, said, it's there really is. important for those kids mm-hmm. who want to get focused to come to an institute of technology. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a firm believer, David, that you know there's a place for everybody, and 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 there should be different paths for for everybody. I think the three plus two programs are great for students who maybe are not sure, you know, and they want to get a little bit of a liberal arts background. You know, that everyone wants something different, but. For that student that really, really knows and never, ever wants to see another Latin class or history philosophy class, they really, really need to look at the institutes of technology, at least in the United States, um, because th- that, that's, that, that's the kind of school, you know, university that we are. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I might chuck in also institutes of technology in other countries. I'm quite a fan of the Indian ones, but I've never got a student to, to look at any of those. So um, that's, a, that's an yeah. aside I'll throw in there. Um, can I ask a, a question, which is a slightly more challenging one, and um, uh, stop me if, if it's, it's sort of going off piste. I know <laughs> certain universities, which particularly have strong programs in things like aerospace engineering, international students can sometimes run into issues about not having a U.S. passport, particularly if those yes. programs are working with things like the Department of Defense or, or, or NASA. Do you mind just oh, giving some more information yeah. about how that can potentially be an issue students yeah. need to be aware of? Yes, I think that is very, very important. I think it's very important for student parents to know that before they come to the United States. So, for example, um, Florida Tech is in Melbourne, Florida, and we are actually the third largest high-tech area in North America. So there's more engineering companies here outside of Silicon Valley and the Dulles Corridor in Virginia than anywhere else. So we have from Northrop Grumman, Rockwell Collins, SpaceX, anything you can imagine is right here. Um, So what happens? Most of these companies, like you said, have government contracts with the U.S. government. So to even have an internship possibility there and, of course, to have a job, many students will have to have a security clearance. Well, if you don't have a U.S. passport, if you're not a U.S. resident, you cannot obtain a security clearance to work at these companies. So there are definite, definite limitations. However, there's plenty of companies also that don't have these issues. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of Rockwell Collins. They're now called Collins Aerospace. They hire a lot of our international students right here because they don't have as many or they have different types of government contracts. So it is important to know that if you come to the United States or if you come to Florida Tech, it may or may not be easy to work for SpaceX. I know SpaceX is very cool right now. And if you do, maybe it's not in the U.S. division. Maybe it's in his foreign division, if that makes sense, because yeah. then you're outside of the realm of this, these U.S. contracts. But that is absolutely true, absolutely true, specifically when it comes to aerospace, yes. Understood. Okay, good. I'm glad I, glad I asked the question because it, it popped into mind. And I, I remember hearing that on the campus tour um, Someone yeah. told me that, so so good to it's, confirm. It's important. 
yeah, I mean, it's important to know, but it's also important to know that for other engineering programs in the United States, we do have wonderful what's called OPT, which is practical training, where students can stay and work in the United States for 39 months. And I guarantee you that I know a slew of international students that are working both in the U.S. or outside the U.S. for amazing engineering companies as part of their, their OPT, which is, which is great. It's three years of practical training. And then after that, who knows what happens. Absolutely. You know? Well, if they can get through and get a great education and, and come yeah. to the side, then, then that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Great. Um, last question, Moravian, something I've started asking yeah. all my guests on the podcast, and I'm, I'm a big believer, I say this phrase all the time, I think people get bored of it, but so the most dangerous thing is when you don't know even what you don't know. So what, what, what has not even occurred to me to ask you that would be really useful for counsellors, students and parents to know about this kind of topic? My goodness. You really caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. um, what do I ask that I do not know? Um, you know, I, I don't know, David. I'm I'm thinking that it's more. I think I think what's really important is for students to really understand um, the the path that they're going to follow at a particular university, and and really to ask how the curriculum works because I do think that it's very very different in the United States and you know, versus overseas. And also, I think, how how are our classes? Like, how are students expected to engage to be successful? I think that might be something that's a little different. You know, in the U.S., you expect a lot of back and forth, and you expect students to challenge their professors. Um, so, you know, what is life inside of a classroom? Not necessarily what is life on, on campus. To see and, and if, if that type of, of education, if that type of teaching works for me or at least to be prepared for it when I come here because here in the United States or at least at tech universities it's not a place where students are going to come listen to their teacher take an exam and off they go I mean participation is huge so I think um, maybe just asking about life inside of a classroom or, or, or life at, at a U.S. educational institution how is it different from where I am in Hungary or in Swaziland or wherever so that I can be properly prepared um, to be successful day one. Fantastic. Maybe that well, was... that's, that's a really good answer. And actually, yeah, you, you, you're right. I guess, you know, as you're saying it, the, the thing I was thinking that you were saying in that is obviously if you come to an institute of technology, everybody there is going to have that same academic interest. You're not, you're not going to be meeting English lit majors or, or no. drama students or things. And that's, mm -hmm. that's potentially going to change the social atmosphere. So yeah. that interaction in classroom, I think is, is, is going to be very different. So, so brilliant. Yep. Great. Marie, I really appreciate your time. You, you normally I chat for sort of half an hour to people, but you've you've hit every answer on the, on the head, and I don't don't want oh, to drag out your busy time in reading season. And I've certainly got a, a massive yes. list of, of things to do. Um, if people okay. want to find out more about Florida Tech, they want to to contact you. I know um, you and your colleagues travel extensively around the world as well. Where are you online? Where are you on social media or on email? Yeah. Um, so really, FloridaTech.edu, um, and then Pete the Panther on Instagram. How's that? That sounds great, Pete the Panther on Instagram. I'm going to get that <laughs> up and add everything into there as well. And really, thank you so yeah. much for demystifying this process, for giving people a really cogent set of answers. I really appreciate you giving up your time. My pleasure, David. Talk to you again. Bye bye. Thinking back to my own development as a college counsellor, learning more about how engineering can be taught at various different colleges across the United States was one of those moments where I remember going, oh. And when I now speak to students and parents who are considering studying engineering in the United States, I get that same reaction. 
It was really kind of Marivi, therefore, to give us some insight into the different ways engineering can be taught in the United States and how colleges like Florida Tech are offering something to students that may indeed be closer to what they imagine an engineering education could be. There are really great pathways to explore a STEM education in the United States, and I hope that the information given here today was useful. That's it for this episode of The University Guy. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe. If you can, please give a review. And if you have any questions about anything to do with international university applications, please do get in touch with me via my website, theuniversityguy.com.